I'm Jessie. It's great to see you all here. I don't really have a lot of introduction, so I'm just going to go straight into it. I guess like this is preaching and speaking and teaching is, is all still pretty new to me. Um, I've only done it a couple of times here before. And the other times I kind of like looked at the passage and I was like, yep, sweet, here are my three points. Here's what I'm going to like do. Here's how I'm going to order it. And then um, procrastinated a lot and then like finally got around to actually writing out what my three points were. But this time around, I just like went straight to the procrastinating a lot stage. Um, and like, it's a bit of a weird passage. It's, it's really, really bizarre. Um, those of you who are in a seasonal guide group may have um, grappled with it a bit. Yeah, it's, it's a bit strange at times. Anyway, so let's get into it. So we're looking at Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great, be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and now here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing, you see, is impossible with God. And Mary said, Yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. So we're officially in Advent season, the time of purple cloth um, and candles and wreaths, a time of anticipation and preparation for the anniversary of Christ coming to earth to live among us. We already know the ending of the story, Christ saves us all. But every year we follow the story and we put ourselves in the shoes of the characters who demonstrate these different postures ourselves, we ourselves may take during this period of waiting. And all of these characters in the story are so relatable, we can probably find a bit of ourselves in each of them. So last week we have Elizabeth, the barren woman who is longing and praying for something that has not yet happened. And we have Zechariah, her husband, the priest, who has dedicated his life to revering God But when it comes to a miracle in his own life, God has to put him on a bit of a forced silent retreat so that he can properly understand the gravity of what is occurring. And last week, Alana shared, and we heard the story of how these two miraculously have a son called John. And we put ourselves in their shoes as they processed the way their long-awaited son came to be with them, and we learnt with them these promises spoken over John to prepare the way for a coming Messiah. And as we... Do we sit in their position and we join them in their bewilderment and their excitement as they learn something is really about to happen? 
and this plan of God's is kicking off. So this week we travel six months forward and we meet Elizabeth's cousin Mary, where a similar but different narrative happens. Again, there is an improbable pregnancy. While Elizabeth was old and told she would never have children, Mary is young and not yet married, but neither expected to become mothers at this point. We learn that Mary's child is the one that Elizabeth's son will be preparing the world for. He is the one who will rule forever. He is the promised Messiah. So the character of Mary is the focus of this passage that we're looking at today, and we meet this woman who would never assume that she is to be chosen for this part in the plan. She's from a small town and probably of relatively low social status, and one day an angel is in her home greeting her as one who is highly favoured. So here's a couple of my reflections on the passage. Sorry it doesn't follow a three-point sermon structure, but I hope there's something that resonates. I wanted to start by looking at that first greeting of the angel to Mary. So in most translations it says, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. And in the message version, which I read just before, he says, Good morning, you're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. And what I love about this is that throughout the passage, Mary seems pretty chill about the whole thing, but this is the point where she's like thoroughly confused. The point where she's greatly troubled is not when Gabriel Gabriel tells her she's going to have a baby that will be the son of God. But what's so perplexing about this greeting is that she never expected to be so honoured. One of the things I do when I'm speaking is to read a whole lot of commentaries on the passage. Um, And interestingly, this time, there was a pretty even split of female and male writers on this passage, which doesn't usually happen. And all the women made this point, which resonated really well with me. Take that what you will. For a woman to be noticed as special is not common in our world and is of particular importance to understanding the story. Usually, the narrative that we're told is that the one who has the most already is the one who is favoured. But here is God coming to a young, poor woman in a society that values maturity, wealth, and men. Here's what one of the commentaries that I read said. Also, this was for going into the week before Christmas. We're two weeks out, but just put that to one side. (laughs) Going into the week before Christmas in the midst of everything that is the season. What it would be like to experience to know that God favours you. I wonder how many of our people need to hear these words now, not later, not after Christmas. So much of the season is focused outside of oneself, the shopping, the gatherings, the giving. To hear that in the middle of all of what the Christmas season is, that God favours you, well, that is the kind of claim that really brings the incarnation home. Mary's first response to the angel is, but how? which I think is a great question and pretty understandable response to the logistical impossibility of the circumstances. Our seasonal guide group queried whether maybe Mary was checking whether she wasn't just hallucinating the whole thing. There's a real beauty as Mary queries how exactly this will happen. We can remember that Mary is just an ordinary person. She wasn't sinless. She was afraid of what the angel was saying. In this question, how can this be, mirrors that of Mary's cousin-in-law, Zechariah, when he was told about Elizabeth becoming pregnant. But in that case, Gabriel shuts Zechariah's mouth so that he can't speak until he christens his new son, John. And Mary isn't chastened at all for her questioning, which probably says something about the spirit in which this questioning is done. 
Mary is probably genuinely confused and I would understand why. There's this big logistical issue of Mary being a virgin and to be honest, the angel's description leaves more questions than answers. There's also this thing that potentially, and this is, yeah, this is what I think, not a theologian, <laughs> is that maybe Mary's question is not just around the logistical thing, but it's mainly about what she just heard. How can it be that she is favoured, that God would use her, that he would need her to do something as crazy as give birth to and raise a child that will be called the Son of God? If we see ourselves in Mary, if we feel like we don't fit the narrative of the one who should be favoured, we can also hear the words of Gabriel to us. We're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God is with us. We are highly favoured. Second thing said of like conversation in this passage is after Gabriel has told Mary what's happening, Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant, may your word be fulfilled. And in the message version she says, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, I'm ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Mary's been told she's going to have God's baby and she's like, cool, let's do this. I would not have reacted that way. <laughs> in 2014, just before Christmas, so about this time, I was living in Newtown and I was going for a little walk up the street. I'd recently had coffee with Anna and Scotty where we decided that we would live in a house somewhere in town together next year. And at that point, the plan was to have a little three-bedroom house and it would be Anna, Scotty, me, and one other person. And so this day that I went for a walk, we'd looked at a couple of houses, but um, three-bedroom houses in town are often not that nice. And one of the ones we'd looked at was, like, so bad. Like, it was, like, into the hill, internal bedrooms, all of that. But we also looked upstairs at this huge eight-bedroom house, which was a complete rabbit warren, but just, like, amazing and all of a sudden, our plan for the little three-bedroom place threw out the window, and we were brainstorming who on earth we could possibly get on this journey with us. Zoe, you got conned. Richard got conned. It's fine. It was a great year. Obviously, that wasn't the house that we actually got. We got Cuba Bell, which was amazing. But it just completely changed what we thought of for that year. I'm not sure about you, Anna, but I definitely felt like it was just this very very big shift in what we'd anticipated next year would be. And so after I got dropped back home to my place, I went for this little walk and was talking to God. And I remember vividly standing on the hill of Owen Street, looking at the zoo and God just being like, this next year is going to be bigger. It's going to be bigger than what I think. It's going to be bigger than me. And it's going to be bigger than I could possibly imagine. And at that point, I had a choice. I could call up Anna and Scotty and say, I actually wasn't so keen on a huge place. If that's the direction they were going, I might just do my own thing. Or I could step out and I could trust that this bigger plan that God had was good and to go with it. So often what we imagine God's plan for our lives is only a small part of what he actually wants to do for us. The question is, will we say yes when we don't know all the logistical challenges when we don't know if our family or friends will understand, when we have to rely on promises rather than what we can see. Mary said yes before she'd spoken to Joseph. 
She wouldn't have known whether she would become the single mother. She wouldn't have known whether her family would have supported her. She had said yes with this very vague explanation of what was going to happen. She said yes knowing people would probably talk behind her back. Her response was simply to accept God had a plan and she was chosen to be a part of that. And I love what Fiona shared. It's just like so on point for this that she knew that the plan wasn't to teach full-time and just was in about it. And here's, here's the, working out perfectly for her. I just, yeah, I just think that's such a beautiful example of what it means to say yes, even though we may not know what it's all going to be, how it's all going to turn out. And there's this other really amazing aspect of Mary's speech. She chooses to accept what God is saying. And I think we often forget that it's not Gabriel telling her what will happen, it's Gabriel asking her to participate. And it would have been scary and potentially dangerous, and the plan doesn't work unless Mary and Joseph are on board. God is not using Mary as a surrogate or a pawn. She will be this child's mother. She's going to have a child who will wake her up in the middle of the night and will need discipline and feeding and love. He will be fully human as well as fully God. Mary's acceptance is both an act of submission but also an act of empowerment. Mary is her own person, unexploited. Her identity is not given to her by any male, but it is her own, a gift from God. And because she knows that, since her identity is found in God, she would do anything to follow his plan for her life. In hearing and believing the words of the angel, Mary understood the impossible possibility with God. Those were my two kind of reflections on the passage I found it really hard to prepare this talk. I kind of mentioned that a bit before. I think I became really aware of my vulnerabilities, of how I think God sees me and how I think God could use me and how I see myself accepting and rejecting the plan, the part and plans that God is offering me. It's so hard sometimes to believe God is saying to you, you are favoured, you are loved. And I have this plan for you that is helping to bring about a new kingdom on earth. It's so hard to know that this is God's plan, but sometimes it's not what we want. When I think about my life as it is now, it is so different to what I imagined it would be when I was younger. I didn't see myself here in Wellington studying an intentional community in a suburb that's far away from the water and up a hill. I didn't think... I'd be considering quitting my job to live in financial deficit and just permanently freak my parents out. (laughs) I imagined my life so much easier than what it is. But I have no doubt that this is obedience to God's plan, even though I sometimes hate that it is. And all of that needs to be addressed in this verse. By sitting in Mary's shoes, maybe I can understand that it's okay to have vulnerabilities. I actually found it hugely comforting when I was reading these commentaries and they were just kind of confused by how chill Mary was. It's a wild verse and it seems like she's totally okay in throwing in the plan that she had. So if you are also sitting here wondering how on earth you could follow what God is calling you to do, that's totally okay. But I think God is calling us to not sit in that space of fear. We walk on together to more love, to more justice, to more truth. Last week, Alana talked about Bruges, 
the water brigaman. And while he was teaching at seminaries and talking about prophetic imagination, he also wrote a lot of poetry. And a few years ago, Anna gave me a copy of his book of poetry that he'd written. And I really, really love it. And a lot of them are based around verses or seasons. And so I thought it might be cool to read one of the ones that he wrote about this verse. So we'll spend some moments in silence. I'm going to read the verse and get the worship team up. And then we're just going to spend some time in silence. Maybe you'd like to close your eyes and get comfortable to put yourself in Mary's shoes in this verse. Think about the ways God may be interrupting us, speaking truth to us, or asking us to join him in the fear and unknown of his plans. And if you'd like prayer for anything that comes up, please feel free to ask someone you trust or head over to the cross and there are people there who would love to pray for you. So why don't we just close our eyes. In our secret yearnings, we wait for your coming, and in our grinding despair, we doubt that you will. And in this privileged place, we are surrounded by witnesses who yearn more than do we, and by those who despair more deeply than do we. Look upon your church and its pastors in the season of hope, which runs so quickly to fatigue, and in this season of yearning, which becomes so easily quarrelsome. Give us the grace and the impatience to wait for your coming from the bottom of our toes to the edges of our fingertips. We do not want our several worlds to end. Come in your power and come in your weakness in any case, and make all things new.